Hey guys, welcome back to Reclaim Victory Podcast. I'm Devin, your host like always, and this week we'll be continuing on to the second and third parts of Trust or Bust, and that's because starting Monday, we're going to be uploading every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, instead of uploading on uh, Sundays and Wednesdays. So that gives you guys three episodes a week instead of two, and that way we can get through one whole uh series instead of having to split it up during the week. Um, also, we just opened up a store for merch, which we'll, we'll go over a bit more at the end of the episode. But um, if you haven't listened to the last episode, episode five, the first episode of this series, Trust or Bust, I recommend you go check that out. It will set the ground for today's double length episode instead of normal length. So last episode, we touched on what the Bible says about trusting God. And today we're going to take a deeper look into it and answer a couple of questions. First, what does it mean to trust God? And secondly, what are the actions we can take to trust God? So let's start off with that first question. What does it mean to trust God? And our first step to understanding this is finding out what trust means. We tend to use this word so much in today's culture, talking about trusting one another in relationships, parents trusting their children, and teachers trusting their students. But do we understand the weight that the word trust really holds? The definitions that stood out to me for trust were to have confidence or hope, to have faith, and to place our reliance on. Yes, in all of the situations that I mentioned, the use of the word trust is used correctly. We must rely on or have confidence that there is truth in a relationship. Parents must have confidence that their child is telling the truth. A teacher must have hope that there isn't that their student isn't cheating on their work. But with God, I think there's a much deeper meaning to it than just that. See, to trust God is to have the full confidence that we can rely on him through faith. The full confidence that we can rely on him through faith. And let's break that down. What are the things that we have confidence in through Jesus? We have confidence that we are children of God. As Romans 8.16 says, The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. We are confident that the Spirit of God has joined with our spirit so that we could be called children of God. So that we could have the right to be called children of God, as it says in John 1.12. See, is it something that is freely handed out? Yes, anyone who wants it can take that affirmation. But the catch is in order to do so, you must believe in the one who came to die for the sins of humanity. Jesus. So to all who believe in him, they can have the confidence that they are children of God. They are the ones chosen to be heirs with Christ. Since the Bible is truth, and thus means that this statement is true, that means God is our Father. If we are the children of God, then God has to be our Father, our Heavenly Father. 
is Isaiah 64, 8 says, but now, O Lord, you are the father, we are the clay, and you are our potter. We are all the work of your hand. And because of this, he treats us as his children. He loves us. He cares for us. He disciplines us through his love for our own good. He is the perfect father. And I know that is one thing that so many of us here on earth struggle to understand because we don't always have the best fathers. I've had many friends whose fathers walked out or was abusive to them, and we tend to put that image, the image of our earthly father, onto our heavenly father. But the thing is, that's not true. God is not our earthly father. He does not act like our earthly father. It's nowhere near the truth. See, our heavenly father loves us with enough love, with that endless agape kind of love that he sent his own son, his only son, to die for us. If that doesn't scream that he loves you, then I don't know what would. Sacrificing something he loved just to save his creation, whom he also loves. So through this, we understand that we have confidence through Christ that we are the children of God and that God is our Father our perfect father. As children, as his children, we are supposed to trust him. We are supposed to rely on him and have that confidence in him that he will stand with us and help us and he will love us. And the second part of this, what do we rely on through Jesus Christ? We rely on him to stay true to his word, to Stay true to his nature, because if his nature or his word suddenly changed, even the slightest, then what the Bible says about him, being constant, being always a consistent God, is false. It says in Malachi 3.6, For I, the Lord, do not change. Therefore, you, O children of Jacob, are not consumed. Or as in other translations, it says, are not destroyed. If God's nature were to change even a bit, there is a great chance that we would all just be wiped off the face of the earth and destroyed. Here, when God says this, he was talking about how the ancestors of the nation of Israel ran from God, turned away from his decrees, deliberately disobeyed God. And because of his nature, he did not destroy them. Because they were his people, he did not destroy them. Later in this chapter, it talks about how we are to return to God, and that is through tithing, giving back to God to what is his. Yet the weight of this still holds true. If God were to change, we wouldn't be here. Just as Jesus did with the Pharisees, if I asked any of you who have no sin cast the first stone. None of you will be able to cast the first stone. And I myself am included in that. No one is perfect. And with us not being perfect, well, God himself is perfect. He would have us wiped out immediately. 
we wouldn't be able to survive near him. But that is not his nature. His nature is the same then with the Israelites as it is now with us. He loves his children, his people. As Hebrews 13, 8 says, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday and today and forever. What does that even mean? See, it means that we can rely on God to be the same as he was at the beginning of the world. The one who said, it is good after creating everything. The one who saved the Israelites from what they were going through, all the persecutions. The same God that he is today. We can rely on that. And we can rely on him to be the same God at the end of the world. The same God by the time we die. The same God in the future. And those are the things we can rely on. And now, what does it mean to have faith in these things? I'll start this one off with a Bible verse and then go from there because this verse puts it out there in a very easy way. It's found in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. It says, Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. It's the assurance of things hoped for and the conviction of the things not seen. <laughs> well, Devin, what the heck does that mean? I, I mean, I can say heck here, right? About to find that one out. But anyways, what it is saying is this, in order to have faith, you must have assurance or confidence in things hoped for. Well, what are the things that we hope for? In the context of this verse, it is talking about hoping for a better place, a place with God, that place being heaven. We hope that when this life passes, that we will go to heaven and be with our Father, our Heavenly Father, and we have confidence in these things just as Abraham did, just as Noah did, just as Enoch did. And the conviction of the things not seen. See, we can't see God. We can't see heaven, at least not yet. But we still have the conviction that they exist and that we will be with God in heaven after we pass. We are convicted that this earth is not our final resting place and that there is something much, much better waiting for us on the other side of this life. So, what does it mean to trust God? It means that we have the full confidence that we are his children and that he is our father, and that we can rely on him to be that same God as he was yesterday, as he is today and as he will be tomorrow, while being able to rest in the assurance and conviction that he is real and that we will go to be with him in heaven. Now comes the real kicker. How do we trust him? How do we trust God? It's sort of a difficult one to answer because it's just very per person. But what I've come up with is this. We must give everything up but him. As a culture, 
as a people, we are so focused on change and the next big thing and what can people do for me and how much money can I make in a year and how many new things can I buy? This was a problem back in Jesus' time too, so don't feel like you're alone. In order to trust God, we have to take that big step, that one big step. And then after that, it's like a free fall into the arms of God. And that step is just giving everything up but God. We have to lay down everything we have and follow him. When Jesus went to gather the disciples, every single one left their old lives behind. Every single one dropped whatever they had, their jobs, their entire lives, and followed Jesus. All Jesus had to say was, come, follow me. And the disciples could have easily said no. See, I find that so funny. Who comes up to someone and says, come, follow me? And the person they were talking to just drops everything they have and follows that dude. They could have easily just gone back to their lives, their jobs, their way of life. I mean, they didn't know who this random stranger was. Because if someone came up to you on the street and said, come, follow me, I'll make you fishers of men. Wouldn't we just look at them like they were a little crazy? They had something going on in their head, a little cray-cray? <laughs> Even better, we'd probably grab our phone and call 911. Hey, can someone send an ambulance, please? This guy needs to go to a mental hospital. Something's a bit wrong with him. What's he doing? He just walked up to me on the side of the street and told me to follow him. Said I'll become fishers of men. What even is a fisher of men? You can't fish for men. You know, I wonder how many of these thoughts went through the disciples' minds when they did this. Like, in all honesty, they could have just been like, hmm, Hey, Dad, I'm a go. I've got nothing better to do. All right, son, just don't get hurt. Be smart and don't drink too much. But what did they do? They literally just dropped everything, dropped it all, and followed Jesus. How many of us is God calling to drop what they are doing and follow him today? That faith, you've already got it. It just takes the action, that step, that step of saying, hey, God, I'm going to follow you today. Send me wherever you want to send me. Take me wherever you want to take me. Give me the words to say whatever you want me to say. I will do whatever it is you're asking of me. But it'll look crazy to people who don't understand, the ones who don't believe. You betcha. It'll look like you're insane, like you do need to go to a mental hospital. But would you rather look insane to people who don't understand? Or would you rather waste your life away doing something you weren't supposed to be doing in the first place? Something God did not have planned for your life. See, there's always a good plan. Our plan. And then there's God's plan. Something that you were meant to be doing. Something God put in your life for a reason. He has something great in store for each and every one of us. And he's asking us to just go do it. Now, maybe you're already doing it. And I applaud you. I'm so proud of you for 
following what God wants you to do. And maybe there's some of you who are like, I'm not doing what God wants me to do right now. But how do I do it? Listen, take that step. Be patient because God's timing is nothing like our timing. His timing is perfect. And us as humans, we want things done here and now. We want things done as soon as possible because what we know is we know that we can get things at the touch of a button. We can get things immediately if we want it. So we don't have that patience. But God asks of us to be patient. I mean, it is one of the fruits of the Spirit. And see, let me just backtrack for a second. I'm not saying you have to quit your job. I'm not saying where you are at isn't where God wants you to be right now. But what I am saying is that if you aren't where you know God wants you at, then take that step. If you aren't where you're supposed to be at, then take that step. Take that faith that is within you and step out into the arms of God. He's ready. All he's doing is just waiting for you, waiting for you to take that step. And if you don't know who Christ is yet or haven't accepted him into your heart and you, you feel like this is the next step he's calling you to, to just accept him into your life and begin to follow him, then go ahead. Ask him into your heart. And during our prayer, I'll, I'll give you an example of how to do it. You can pray with me. Let's pray. Lord, I just thank you for giving us the ability to have faith in you, to giving us the ability to trust you, Lord, to just make you the center of our lives. I pray that as this week goes on, that you'd allow us to take that step of faith, to take that step out into your arms, Father. That we would be able to know you more, to get a better glimpse of who you are as our Heavenly Father. Lord, I thank you for all the people listening and the support that you've given this podcast, Father, and I just pray that you do wonderful things with it, that you help people with it, Lord, that these words that I'm speaking aren't just mine, but they're yours, Father, that they're touching people's hearts. Lord, for the people who don't know you yet, I pray for them, Father. I pray that they come to know you, Lord, and if you haven't come to know the Lord, then if you want to follow me in this prayer, you can. God, I know I'm a sinner. I know I fall short of your glory. And I'm sorry. God, I believe you sent your son Jesus to die for my sins. And I believe that he rose from the dead, conquering death and the grave. And I believe that through him, I am your child. I am a child of God. Amen. Lord, whoever prayed that prayer with me, Lord, just I thank you for them. I thank you for praying them to you, Father, because none of it was me, 
I can't take any of the credit. It was all you, Lord. All I do is plant the seeds and you water them and harvest them, Father. Lord, I thank you for everything you've done and thank you for sending your son to die on the cross, saving us from our sins. Because as I always say, and I always mean it, without that, we would not be here. Without you, we would not be here. We thank you, and in your name we pray. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, the prayer to come to Christ, the prayer to know God, to become a child of God, then I congratulate you. Welcome to the family. Your life is now changed, and it's time to take that step of faith out into whatever you feel God calling you to do. So go and do. Listen and be patient and follow what the Lord is calling you to do. Hey guys, thank you for listening. Stay tuned and remember, starting tomorrow, we will be uploading on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. We will no longer upload on Sundays. And if you want to follow us on social media, we have Facebook, Instagram, and Tumblr. All of those, you can find us by searching Reclaimed Victory Podcast. We also have Twitter, but honestly, I've got no clue how to actually use it. So we don't use it very much. But if you want, you can find us there at Reclaimed VP. Apparently, Reclaimed Victory Podcast was way too long for Twitter. But oh well. Also, if you want to buy some merch to help support us, we do have a merch store now. The link will be below in the description. And we've got an Insta for that if you'd like to follow and be updated on any new designs coming out. Just look up Reclaimed Victory Merch and you'll find it. If you want to donate, we do have a support button on Anchor as well as Patreon and a Venmo. All of those are found at Reclaimed Victory Podcast. Thank you guys so much. God bless and remember, Jesus loves you.